0: It's the Festival of Lights. And our guest this week, well, he's going to guide us on how your business can be the one everybody wants to join. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. And our guest this week is Rabbi Jonathan Klein, the rabbi here at Temple Bethel. Welcome to Small Business Celebration.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do?
1: Sure. So my name is Rabbi Jonathan Klein. I've been serving here at Temple Bethel in Bakersfield since May of 2020. Uh, I've been a pandemic rabbi for the most part, and here <laughs> things are beginning to change and I can be in person. And really, as the uh, as the rabbi here, I'm the mara Atra, as they say in Aramaic, which means I'm sort of the, the authority of the community though I don't take it too seriously because I have a board that I have to answer to. Uh, my job is really to build spiritual life here and to ensure the uh, the education and edification of our community and make sure that, uh, that uh, they are able to fully live out their Jewish lives. And of course, in a pastoral role, I also spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time focused on the individual members and visiting them, especially if they're ill or they are dealing with um, a loss, but also to celebrate baby namings and all sorts <laughs> of other good All the good stuff. And, yes.
0: Now the reason we're here with Rabbi Klein is as many of you visionaries know who've been watching for a long time, we get a lot of business owners who attribute the success of their business to their faith. And I have to admit, even though we're getting the season four here, I still get a lot of moral questions that come in. So that's why once a year I ask somebody who has the moral authority to answer them.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I would characterize it slightly differently. I have the authority to express how Judaism relates to these questions, right? but luckily I'm not in the position of being on the hook to say what's right and wrong. I go back to a... That multi-thousand-year-old document. Sure. And, and that is how I base my understanding of, of Jewish thought. And
0: if you're watching this program on YouTube, we are here in the library here at Temple Bethel. And just as a cursory look and look around, and I love books, I think I could spend a year here <laughs> just reading the stuff here. It's just absolutely fascinating. But I digress. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure people are saying, get on with it. For those that aren't familiar with Judaism, your role
1: as a rabbi is as a teacher,
0: or how does that work for for those that don't know?
1: The role of rabbi is multifaceted. Uh, In many ways, it's like any other clergy role, except that from our perspective, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm trained in doing, is becoming as much of a master of the tradition, and we are a law-based religion. And so... As a law-based religion, it's really like, what does the code book say? I'm the DMV like <laughs> expert. I have sure, that. Sure. I have that manual. And so my job is to both help people understand what our tradition says about certain decisions that they're making in their lives. Of course, a big part of it is also making sure that our children are able to uh, learn the traditions and thereby perpetuate Jewish life into the future. And the way I look at it is to perpetuate Jewish values mm. because all of our traditions are like a carrier wave to send a message into the ether about who we, what we stand for.
0: Why did you choose to become a rabbi?
1: Oh, I, 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 you know, it was between biochemistry. I started. <laughs> I started as an undergraduate as a biochemistry major. Okay. Honor sequence, math, science. That was my expertise. That's sure. what I was actually sure. good at. Sure, sure. Uh, but I knew that being in a laboratory for the rest of my life was not going to be the way for me to fully fulfill my own life, and so I wanted to become a rabbi because I knew that um, Jewish tradition offers. Uh, a framing for how to live a more meaningful life, and I wanted to perpetuate that also, I think that living a moral life is a key part of uh existence, especially in this twenty first century. had I known that the internet was going to exist
0: uh, <laughs>
1: as it has become, I would have been even more committed to the pathway i 've taken
0: as a potential biochemist, did you have any idea that becoming a rabbi and dealing with humans and emotions was gonna be so
1: messy? From an early stage, I understood the difference between what my faith teaches Mm -hmm. and what Jewish people actually believe. Mm. In the same way that I think it's true in all religions, there's what the dogma is, there's what the doctrine is, let's use that word instead, and then there's the reality of how people live their lives. So an example of this is it didn't take me long to realize that Jews don't believe in one God, actually. What they believe in is up to one God, Uh, right? Many of us are agnostic or atheist um, in the same way that probably plenty of Christians... Even those that are in more traditional denominations mm-hmm. struggle with the notion of a trinity. Got it. And may even reject it quietly or even unconsciously or subconsciously. They nod their heads appropriately on Correct. Sunday mornings like they're supposed to. Correct. And then they get on with their life. Right. <laughs> so the faith side of it is different than what people actually, um, you know, what the tradition may teach at times. Right. So that that's an interesting thing. So for me, it's about the teachings and it's about sociology too. Ah. When the word got out, I
0: was going to be having this conversation Uh, I got a whole bunch of direct messages on Instagram, and so thank you, Visioneers, for asking and sending in those questions, but I had to whittle it down to three (laughs) because this is not a six-hour symposium on Judaism. But Visioneer Ryan has sent in a very interesting message, and his was, as a small business owner, I feel constrained to help my employees live out their full human potential. What advice do you give to small business owners who want to see their employees become more than they think they can be.
1: Mm. Well, I would start with this Jewish notion that we are created B'Tselem el which means we're created in the divine image. Mm. And all of us are this composite, together we are a composite Adam HaKadmon. We all together are that first Adam. Mm. And so that means all of us are essential. We all have inherent worth and dignity. And from that perspective, when we have employees, we have to remember that they are just like us, at the, they are living out their lives, trying to find a way, a pathway forward in their existence. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to just simply overlook mistakes or anything like that. In fact, you shouldn't overlook them, but you should always give um, the 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 benefit of the doubt. Uh Um, so part of it is to make sure that your workplace is not a hostile workplace. Sure. I mean, it's <laughs> go figure, right? You would think. Yeah, so let's, let's be kind to our employees, inherently kind, think about their well-being, mm-hmm. but also create clear sense of expectations and boundaries as well. I mean, I think that, that's, that those are worthwhile and necessary. They're actually necessary for a workplace to be effective and, and work well
0: right now we are very much in a employee shortage Mm -hmm. sequence right now and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of business owners that are trying to figure out Mm -hmm. meaningful ways to attract new employees and retain them what are some of the things that you would suggest to help create that very cohesive positive Mm -hmm. business atmosphere well i
1: do think that people respond to vision Mm. so if you as a business leader express a vision or a mission for the, for the enterprise that you're engaged in, it is a hook for people if they really feel inspired as well. So the top leadership really has to be inspired as well in what they're doing and not look at it. They, they may look at it from a dollars and cents perspective, mm-hmm. but underneath that should be a heart that's also committed to the vision of whatever it is. We all have to make money somehow. But how we make that money is going to matter. And if, if our affect is one of sort of brutal, you know, um, accountability and, uh, and force and, and grit, then that has an impact on employees. And it, especially with the labor shortages that are now endemic to who, part of this, this reality, I think you're gonna have to start selling the business as a vision of something greater greater especially greater than self that is if you're the founder wonderful if you're the builder wonderful but don't leave the vision to just one top of a pyramid you have to embrace other people and see it as team there used to be this wonderful ad for albertson's markets they used to say it's joe albertson's supermarket but the meat department is mine oh sure right yeah I always loved that because it meant that the worker in that meat department was really a part of a bigger vision but also had some, some leadership role. They were invested. They were fully invested, correct.
0: Now, in the next segment, we are going to parlay off of one of the things that Rabbi Klein just spoke about. And it also happens to be the most popular question that I get asked year after year after year here on Small Business Celebration. But before we get into that, if visionaries want to get in touch with you, how
1: do they do that? Oh, that's great. Uh, so a couple things. First of all, we have a website, templebethelbakersfield.org.
0: And how do you spell Temple Bethel?
1: Yes, thank you. T E M P L E B E T H. Space. No space. E L. Got it. Bakersfield, all one word. Dot org. Uh, but probably the best thing they can do is reach out to me so temple bethel is t b e so my email is t b e rabbi klein k l e i n is my name so um, if people want, and and it's at Gmail, of course. <laughs> Everybody's at now. Gmail, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, yeah. and notify, and leave a comment. We love the comments that we get from visitors just like you. In fact, that's why we're here, <laughs> because yeah. of visitor questions just like yours, and we'll yeah. be right back. Okay.
2: Did you know it's that time of the year again? Tis the season for holiday portraits. Family, singles, couples and even your pets. 5 by 7s 8 by 10s and holiday cards with envelopes. Book now and get 25% off all your additional orders of wall portraits and prints. Call six six one two four three zero nine three one or visit us at www.redcrainportraits.com. That's redcrainportraits.com.
0: I'm here with Rabbi Jonathan Klein, the rabbi here at Temple Bethel, and we're going to answer the most popular question I get year in and year out here on Small Business Celebration. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought this was something that was, you know, dealing with Protestant guilt or something. But mm-hmm. it's, it's surprising to me how diverse in all these different religions and faiths, mm-hmm. this question comes up. And this is part of the reason why I do this episode every year. This one comes from Visionary Narita who asks, is it morally okay to have a financially successful business?
1: <laughs> right. It, it does seem like a, a slightly odd question because why would you be in a business unless you need unless unless you believe that there's a, a motivation for doing it? Right. Uh, exactly. So I, I don't really understand the the underlying question in there, other than to say that I know that people do struggle with. Well, if I'm success, there's a, there's an assumption of some sort of zero sum game. Mm-hmm. And if you're successful, then other people will not be. Mm-hmm. So the Jewish approach is actually pretty clear. Yes, you should succeed. But that doesn't mean that you can't, um, that, that you should not pay attention to your responsibility to those around you. So as long as you follow your business ethics, mm-hmm. be successful, I mean, in, in Jewish tradition, we are very much recognizing the material world as potentially the only world. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not big on heaven and hell. That's right. just not who we are. Right. And so for us, this is the world that we live in. So we can't um, ignore the fact that we need food on our table. We need a roof over our heads. And we need to be able to live and to thrive. And really, if we are created B'Tselem in this image of God, in this divine image, then, um, then we need to take care of ourselves. This is one reason why mm-hmm. Jews traditionally don't do cremation, because our bodies are um, really the property of God. Right. But if, the, if it is our, the property of God, then we have to treat it with utmost respect. And that means ensuring, because we're partners with God, we have to uh, take care of ourselves. We can't, you know, suicide is against Jewish law. Right. Not right. a lot of punishment once you do it, but...
0: <laughs> sure.
1: So from our perspective, uh, God gives us an inclination toward doing things that sometimes might be seen as not even ideal. Um, mm-hmm. There's a teaching in the in the tradition that says, if it weren't for the evil inclination, or the yetzer hara, the, this inclination to do things that might not be seen as all positive, it says uh, children would not be born and buildings would not be built. True. And so there is this inclination within us that motivates us. The real question is, how do we do it with a sense of what is um, a level playing field? Mm-hmm. How do we do it in a just fashion? And so how do you, we do that? So, for instance, there are rules that say if you have a shop, uh, and someone moves in next door with and is creating their own shop. they're sort of prohibited from creating the same business because it would cut directly into this business. There's a whole bunch that's really the essence of the Talmud. It's all sorts of rules and regulations about what business ethical business practices are. Right. So it you know, Uh, It's just like Judaism does not say uh, there should not be a death penalty. It says there should be a death penalty, but the narrowing of its reality is so small that it is virtually impossible for it to actually be meted out. So too, I think Judaism says you have every right in the world to create a business that succeeds and you can be wildly successful, but but it has to be with a concern for the people around you, you can't uh, cut into the well-being of other people in the process. So yes, there are ethical considerations that come up all the time. What if your business depends on a um, on a mind uh, uh, um, material? that is so rare and the way it is produced is through child labor. Mm. There's problem there. Right. So we may not have that particular example in Jewish law because that's kind of a new world uh, question, sure. but those are the kinds of questions that we have to ask. So the basic answer to the question is you're actually morally obligated to create a business that succeeds because if it fails, you and other people will be injured in the process. So you have to keep it afloat, but you also have to have your eyes open to its impacts on others around you. And I would add, and the planet itself. This sounds like this has come
0: from not just your study to become a rabbi. This also sounds like this has come from real life. That well, you, you, you face something yeah. along these, you've done something or something's happened to you that is, has affected the
1: surrounding yeah. around you. Right. Well, I think when you're a business leader, you are a target, mm. <laughs> because especially in the context of workplace uh, complexity and the way uh, folks inside, if they feel like they want to achieve, sometimes they... Will try to pull you down, and I've I've dealt with that. Um, well, we had a merger of when I was working at a nonprofit. We had a merger of two organizations, mm-hmm. and I was and I engineered that that um, that merger. It was really an acquisition. The problem was that there were different standards of HR between the two institutions, oh. and the process of getting the two together. I think I rushed, and because I was uh, the uh, uh, since I was the king of the hill, uh, I was also the one, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So right. I, was, um, I was attacked. I, I, I went through a tremendously difficult period of time uh, where I was accused of, of wage theft and this kind of thing. It, it was nonsense, but it was a very hard part of my uh, journey. Um, And I don't think that at that time it all worked out the way I wanted it to. But, you know, I think the key thing here is that when you face adversity, if you are true to who you really say you are, stick to that. And people will see that. Um, and, And communicate with people about the way in which, you know, you are the person that you are. They'll see right through you if you're lying. Right. And so... I think I figured that out, and that's how, even though things were really hard, I was able to continue on my journey, and here I am. When you were going through that
0: dark time, did you lean on other people, friends,
1: mentors, other people? It's funny, all my faith friends were saying, lean in on your Judaism. <laughs> and I did, I did, but yeah, of course, you, ha- you have to lean in on people. I also think that if it's really tough, you know, see a therapist. Talk, mm. to, talk to a therapist, someone who can help you to uh, sort through it. Because I do think that when you are told by someone bad things about you, right. I mean it's like the, the victim of domestic abuse. The, the victim often begins to believe what they're saying about him or her. Mm. And so it's important to remember um, who you are in those contexts it's it's essential and i know it's it's also hard it's also hard because you start to hear the the this and you lose a sense of reality taking this idea of this challenge
0: that you were talking about and then you throw in on top of that that's the holiday season
1: okay yeah
0: (laughs) there's a lot of business owners this is the most stressful time of year Mm -hmm. How would you encourage small business owners to go ahead and and keep their sanity as they're dealing with some of these challenges about the things that people are saying about them, some of the challenges they're having with their business, and as well as their family commitments yeah. and that sort of thing? How would you recommend, or what would you recommend to business owners so they can keep the keep their eye on the north star, as it were?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and I think that um, there. You know, I understand every religion has its own understanding of this season. Uh, Since in Judaism, Hanukkah is a little less central, it's a really nice time, but it's not the birth of God. (laughs) Yeah, it's not Yom Kippur. Right, right. So, uh, but, but for the Christian world in particular, this season is filled with a lot of complex emotions as you see family and as you, you know, all of that. I think the key is this is month 12, There are 11 months before that. Right. And building a relationship with your coworkers um, that is sustaining and clear and not ambiguous is really important. Mm. You want to fix it in that 12th month, but the truth is you really need to think through how you create the structure for the entire year so Mm. that you don't go to them with, you know. So, yes, of course you should give you know you should have a holiday party you should have a way for there to be less of a divide between you and your coworker but one thing i will say that i think is hard for people to hear don't ever think that your co this is my view sure don't ever think that your coworker or the person who reports to you is your friend and i don't mean that in a hostile way i mean that in a sense of power mm-hmm. because you have the power whether you're nice or you're not to them they always know that. And so from that perspective, they, you may think that everything is wonderful, hunky-dory, and everything is beautiful, but I've been in situations where employee, employers have said in hearings, for instance, I've been involved a little bit in, in, um, in uh, living wage campaigns and whatnot, um, I've heard employers say, my employees love me. You know, my employees are supportive of us, and to we your face. know. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, you can think that, but they're scared to lose their job, and they don't want to lose their job. So it's important to create structural realities that are showing your concern and compassion. You can't just use rhetoric, and if you do, it's never going to get there. Create a structure that ensures their well being. That's really all that you can do. And understand that, you know, everyone's in it on some level on their own, even if you want to have that loving, wonderful relationship. And you know what? If you do this and if you're consistent with it, you have a long term employee who is loyal to you and you're loyal to them and you invite them over for dinner, for Thanksgiving. And that's good. Ed will be
0: right back. The reason we're here talking with Rabbi Klein here at Temple Bethel is because of a whole series of visionary questions that came from visioners, just like you who reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you've got thoughts, you've got ideas, things that you'd like to learn about, reach out to us here on social media here at Small Business Celebration at LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know. And happy Hanukkah. I'm here with Rabbi Jonathan Klein, the rabbi here at Temple Bethel, and this is the week of Hanukkah. And I learned a lot of things between the second and third segments here, and we're going to repeat some of that because Rabbi Klein has a, does a very good job of threading the needle or explaining things far better than I can about Hanukkah.
1: Go figure.
0: <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? So for those of us that are not that familiar, There is a misconception out there
1: that Hanukkah is the big Jewish holiday Mm -hmm. of the year. Mm -hmm.
0: And go through and explain to us a little bit about that.
1: So Hanukkah is based on a tale that's found in the book of Maccabees. There's actually several books of Maccabees, but that's where the narrative is focused. It tells the story of, of A moment in time when Antiochus Epiphanes, who was the leader of the Seleucid Empire, and these are big (laughs) words, in what people might, you could just call it Syria, but they used to call it Assyria. Right. uh, He decides to invade Jerusalem and takes over the temple and brings Hellenism into the community. Mm. And that is the moment where basically Greek influence takes over the Middle East. Right. And the temple itself, and when we talk about the temple, we're talking about the Beit HaMikdash, the big temple that's in Jerusalem. Right now we have where the Dome of the Rock is, actually, ironically. Uh, That was taken over and uh, there was then a war that ensued and the Maccabees were victorious in that war and were able to rededicate, which is the same word as Hanukkah, uh, the temple. Okay. So, the temple was rebuilt and/or uh, was rededicated as a, as a holy site. Right. So, it's essentially a holiday that is centered around the removal of religious persecution. Mm. It is centered around the idea of religious freedom. And in some circles, you actually light the Chanukkiah or that special menorah, the right. candelabrum. You light it in your doorway outside for everyone to see that you are there and that you're proud of who you are. And so the holiday of Hanukkah is really about reminding Jewish people that the Jewish traditions can be perpetuated and that we can thrive and flourish in our communities. And that's really the essence of the holiday. Is it as important as exodus from Egypt or removal of of uh, of servitude, of physical. Uh, this is about religious freedom, mm. not as much about as Passover is, sort of physical freedom. Both are really important. Hanukkah is very important, right. but it is not on the same level uh, because it's a later part of the tradition. In fact, it's not even really mentioned in many of the sources until much later. right. It was a popular holiday a long time ago and it was never really put into the traditions and then over time it became increasingly centered. I think in the United States where Christianity is our prevalent religion, uh, there's a juxtaposition that's been uh, created over time Mm -hmm. um, and so Hanukkah has emerged as a notable holiday. It's also a... um, a mercantile holiday, a, a <laughs> sure time for is. buying sure. presents. So. Eight crazy nights, so they are a
0: present each night.
1: Yes, absolutely. Which- and actually, we're going to have a, an 8K for eight crazy kilometers uh, here at Temple Bethel, and people should be in touch with me if they're interested.
0: And this is a great time to talk about that. Yeah. So how do people find out about the 8K that you guys are doing for Hanukkah?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, it's on our website, okay. templebethelbakersfield.org, or they can email me and I can make sure that they find <laughs> out. It's a virtual 8K, okay. although many of us are gathering in actual places to do it. Right. There's a 2K also.
0: Oh, so you know, if, yeah. if you can't make the whole
1: 8K. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes.
0: Now, one of the things that I always ask our guests that are on Small Business Celebration is what do you get out of your business? What, what are some of the mm-hmm. fun things? What are some of the yeah. benefits of doing that? And I'd like to ask you as a rabbi, what are some of the things that you really enjoy yeah.
1: about being a rabbi? Yeah, well, I appreciate the question. Um, I love working with the Jewish people. I, look, I, I mentioned before, I studied biochemistry as an <laughs> undergrad at UCLA. Right. That was a possible fa- pathway for me. But the reason I really hunkered down on going down the pathway of, of the Jewish people is because I really think that the values and the um, ethics that are at the core of our tradition um, are meaningful and um, as a result, all of the rituals, all of the activities, whether it be teaching the kids in the school. Um, I mean, first of all, it's fun.
2: Sure. There's a lot of
1: fun. But second of all, what we're talking about is so rich and intellectually stimulating. I mean, this library around us here um, is filled with just countless elements of history, uh, spirituality, um, ideology, philosophy, it's all here, and that's what we say about the Torah. It's hafokhba uh, de dekulaba that uh, turn it and turn it again for everything is in it. Mm. And just all that comes out. So by being centered on this world, the Jewish people sees its mission as making this world a better place. And so by being a part of this, uh, this um, entrepreneurship <laughs> sure, of, sure. of the, this, this project of the Jewish people to make the world a better place, which right. I think it is, um, right. the project of the Jewish people, we may not always agree.
0: <laughs> I, so, yeah. Sometimes not even with your own fellow right. Jews. Well, we, have this, we have this teaching, two
1: <laughs> Jews, three opinions. Exactly, right, you know. sure. So uh, you just have to watch Filler on the Roof, and you'll see on the one <laughs> hand, but on the other hand, so that's who we are. Um, no, I think that there's just so much, and, and you know, I love to start every day with mode ani lefanecha, I am grateful to you, or I am thankful to you, fr- thankful before you that you've returned my soul to me with kindness, great is your faith. And that's a statement to God that we say when we wake up and we roll out of bed. Every day is an affirmation of this world and and the life that we get to live. So I don't know how many days I get in this world, but I know that every day is a blessing. And that's, that's something that I can teach others, and I'm grateful for that opportunity to have that role. Rabbi Klein.
0: This has been a privilege. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration.
1: And if visionaries want to get in touch with you, sure. how do they do that? Sure, I'll look at the camera <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, feel free to, for one thing you can, You know, we have our Friday night worship services and right now we're doing that in person uh, if people can bring a vaccination card. We are a non-proselytizing community, but if you want to show up, you're not going to be rejected as long as you come with no malice in mind. We're a little nervous about those things, I will be honest. (laughs) Sure. Uh, But the email for me, again, is tberabbiklein, r-a-b-b-i-k-l-e-i-n, at gmail.com. And uh, please drop a note, and um, we'd love to get to know more of the community Uh, For people who are interested, we end up with a lot of folks who are interested in Judaism. But again, we don't evangelize, we don't proselytize. We say, be authentic to who you are. Whatever your religious traditions, be authentic to who you are. That's really what it comes down to. And that's a good note to live
0: by. Absolutely. And
1: I'll be right back with
0: my final thoughts. Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) Thanks.
2: (laughs) Did you know it's that time of the year again? This is the season for holiday portraits, family, singles, couples, and even your pets. 5 by 7s 8 by 10s and holiday cards with envelopes. Book now and get 25% off all your additional orders of wall portraits and prints. Call 661-243-0931 or visit us at www.redcrainportraits.com. That's redcraneportraits.com.
0: Four lessons learned. Recently, I've been invited to speak to a group of small business owners next year, and one of the topics they asked me to speak about is, Michael, what have you learned as host of Small Business Celebration? It's sort of like writing a PhD dissertation on an index card. It's not easy. I mean, it's been 160 episodes, and. Good golly, there's a lot that I've learned. How do I whittle this down? Well, I've spoken to numerous visionaries and friends and family about this and trying to figure out how do I encapsulate all this three seasons plus of information? But we've whittled it down to four things. Four things that you can take through this holiday season into next year. One. Accept only what is true. Two, work for the common good. Three, match our needs and wants with what is in our control. Four, embrace what God or nature has in store for us. These four points, yeah, I've already taken out the dry erase marker and marked them on the mirror in the the bathroom. Because these are things that I will be taking through this holiday season into next year. And I hope you'll join us and reflect and let us know how these points are working for you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Rabbi Klein here on Small Business Celebration, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week.